appreciated uh, Elder Doug talking about the kind of uh, afterglow of Easter. You know that our, our uh, Greek friends, the Orthodox Church, is celebrating Easter today. So I'm going to teach you the greeting. If you know any Greek Orthodox friends, you could say to them, Christos Aneste. That means Christ is risen. You try that with me? Christos Aneste. That's Christ is risen. And if somebody says that to you and you want to respond to them, say, Alethos Aneste. Alethos Aneste. That means he's risen indeed. And he has indeed risen. It's a, a beautiful day today. Um, it was a beautiful day yesterday, too. I remember uh, another beautiful day 21 years ago. I remember getting up that morning and driving to work on September 11th, 2001, and just remarking what a beautiful, beautiful day it was and how everything just kind of changed in an instant. And if you were alive then and you're old enough to be aware, you remember exactly where you were when you heard the news. I'd gotten into work and I got a call from my wife and she said, there's, there's been an attack in New York. A plane has flown into one of the Twin Towers. And I said, now, now calm down, when did this happen? She said, well, it just happened. I said, well, you know, how do you know that it was an attack? It could have just been a terrible accident. And as we were talking, she gasped. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, another plane just flew into the other tower. And, and then I knew that it was no accident. And uh, I told my secretary at the time to go home. As I was driving home, uh, trying frantically to get in touch with the people from our church who worked downtown in D.C., began to hear reports of other planes going down, coming in, and started to wonder, when is this going to end? Where, how widespread is this? How long is it going to go on? Where were you on that day? If you're old enough to have lived then and to be aware, you, you remember where you were. There's another question that was asked at that time. Where was God on that day? And one answer that proved to be pretty popular with Christians uh, came from a, a nationally known Christian figure. And she said, well, we asked that question, but we've, we've driven God out of our schools, out of our courts, out of our institutions. We've mocked his moral laws. Now we wonder where he is. And, and the implications of what she said seemed to be that evil would not have befallen us if we were just godlier. And I found myself, as I heard her saying those and saw people nodding in assent, wondering if those people had ever read the book of Job. Where was God on that day? Well, he was right here with us in the midst of our suffering, ready to make his grace and presence known to those who reached out for him. Our expectations of what God is like can cause us to miss encountering him. What would it look like if God entered your life? How would your situation change? 
Before uh, Easter, we were looking at the Gospel of John. We saw Jesus uh, go up during the Feast of Tabernacles to Jerusalem. He went up quietly, and about halfway through the week, he stood up and began teaching in the temple. I want to read to you today from John chapter 7, verses 25 through 31. At that point, some of the people in Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they were trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from, and when the Christ comes, no one will know where he's from. And Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his time had not yet come. Still many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than this man? Father, as we uh, come into your presence today through your word, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And Father, align our expectations to who you really are and how you really work. So that we, O Lord, might encounter you in the midst of all that we experience. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what would it look like if God entered your life? What would the setting be? Where would you be? And and how would your situation change if you encountered God? Our expectations of what God must be like, what he would do, how he would act, I think can make us miss encountering him. So as I mentioned, we're still here in Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus had gone up quietly about halfway through the week-long feast. He began to teach in the temple courts. And the people there had sensed a growing animosity on the part of the religious leaders toward Jesus. And now they were a little bit confused. Because here was Jesus speaking publicly. Nobody was stopping him. Nobody was challenging him. Nobody was saying anything to him. And they ask a question. They say, could the religious leaders have had a change of heart about him? Do do they think that this one might really be the Christ, might really be the promised Messiah? But this can't be the Christ. And, and how do we know that? Well, because we know where this man is from. He came from Galilee. We've seen his mother. And they say when the Christ comes, no one will know where he came from. Now, where did they get an idea like that? It wasn't from their Bibles. Micah had said that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Even if they didn't know that ultimately that was where Jesus was born, came from somewhere. 
the Messiah would come from somewhere. And God had promised David that the coming Messiah would be a king who would sit on his throne. That is, he would come from the lineage of David. He had to come from somewhere. Where did they get this idea that when the Messiah came, nobody would know where he came from? He would just come out of nowhere, just kind of appear. Well, near as I can tell, he made it up. And they thought, well, um, if I were God, that, by the way, is a very dangerous statement to make. Um, if I were God, this is the way that I would do it. it. It would be some tremendous thing that would happen. And, and we wouldn't know where he was from. And they seem to have this expectation that when the Messiah came, he would come out of nowhere. He'd just appear. And he would affect an immediate, radical, undeniable change. It is that there were a lot of people, it seems, who thought, now when the Messiah comes, we'll know it because no one will be discussing whether or not he's the Messiah. So this can't be the Messiah. And I wonder if you and I are really so very much different. We, we talk about God being with us and encountering God when the diagnosis is good news, when our offer is accepted, when the promotion that we work so hard for is offered to us. And certainly we should thank and praise God for all of those things. We should rejoice at them, but... When the diagnosis is what we feared, or worse, when our offer falls through, when the promotion for the new job that we work so hard for is denied to us, when planes crash into the World Trade Towers, then we wonder, where is God? And in those situations, we can miss encountering him because of our expectations of what that encounter ought to look like. We can miss the encounter when we're looking for God or for Christ or for the kingdom of God to be something different than it really is. And Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I'm not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You did not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. They're missing who they are encountering because they were looking for that encounter to be different than it actually was. They were looking for a Messiah who would be different than he actually is, one perhaps who was more heavenly and less earthy. One uh, who perhaps came from the upper echelons of society, not from the dregs, not a place like Nazareth. One perhaps who would be more regal and less approachable. One who perhaps had the rugged good looks of an Absalom. 
not one who had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. One who had a commanding presence, not one who was humble. In other words, they were looking for a Messiah who was different than the Messiah actually was. And so Jesus says to them, you did not know him, but I know him because I'm from him and he sent me. If the literature of the period gives us any insight, they were looking for a God of judgment against the Romans. Not a God who came to show grace to all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. They expected a God who would bring about a cataclysmic reversal of their, of their ill fortunes. Not a God who would leave their situation essentially the same as it was and work in one human heart at a time. We're looking for a kingdom that was different than the kingdom of God actually is. A kingdom that would take over the world as a geopolitical entity. They they couldn't fathom a kingdom that was, as Jesus spoke of it, as unseen leaven that would permeate the dough and work its way through. They couldn't imagine a kingdom or a king of servitude, a kingdom that embraced suffering, a kingdom that deliberately disadvantaged itself for the advantage of others. And the kingdom of God has often been corrupted by our expectations. The church of Rome thought that the kingdom was something different than it actually is. Uh, Martin Luther came to see that, and he spoke about uh, Rome's theology of glory as opposed to the theology of the cross. There are people today who think that the king came to suffer so that we don't have to. For his suffering, we get health, wealth, and prosperity. There's a reformed version of the prosperity gospel, by the way, in which Jesus suffered so that we could take over the world by force and make the kingdom come on earth. People cannot fathom a kingdom that is now in a state of humiliation following in the footsteps of the king in his humiliation. And yet the Apostle Paul told us in Romans 8, 17, we are heirs if we suffer with him now so that we may also be glorified with him. And to the Colossians he wrote, I rejoice in what I now suffer and I fill up in my body what yet remains of Christ's suffering. Christ's kingdom is not one in which he suffered so that now we can live in glory and comfort, but we are rather called to enter into his suffering. We're called to share in his humility and his humiliation in the anticipation that when Christ appears, 
we will also appear with him in glory. Many churched people miss the kingdom of God because they're looking for a kingdom that's essentially different than the one that God has actually brought about in the coming of Jesus. They're looking for a kingdom of power, of prosperity, of health, of social advantage. And some, like the apostles before the resurrection, think it's a kingdom that can be brought about by the sword. And there are many deceivers, let me tell you, who will only be too happy to take advantage of those kinds of notions. We can miss encountering God by our expectations of what the encounter should look like. But encounter can happen when we open ourselves to what God actually is and what he's actually doing. We're told here still many in the crowd put their faith in him. And they said, when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than this man? My Bible interpretively includes, will he do more miraculous signs? But the word miraculous is not there in the original. And, you know, they didn't see a lot of miraculous signs from Jesus. In fact, uh, back in verse 21, as Jesus spoke with the religious leaders, he said, I did one work, referring to his healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda, and you're all astonished. So, So the signs here are not miraculous signs. Only one of them was. But it was how he comported himself, what he said. We can miss encountering God when our expectations lead us to something other than what God is actually doing. Where were you on that beautiful September 11th morning when things turned so dark? Where was God? What would it look like if God entered your life? How would your situation change? The truth is, your situation might not change at all. In fact, your situation might get worse from an experiential standpoint. John chapter 11, we'll see Jesus go to his friends, Mary and Martha, because of the death of their brother, Lazarus. And and Jesus will remedy, so graciously remedy that awful situation like he will remedy all of our awful situations. But in the intervening time, I don't know how long it was, hours, Jesus went to them and he wept with them. We think that we're encountering God when we get the promotion when the offer is accepted, when the sun is shining like it is today. The truth is that God is present and he calls you to encounter with himself in the hospital room, in the funeral home, in the war zone. In Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul was speaking to the people at Athens and he said this, 
From one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. Do you know that? That the things that you encounter in life are not an accident? That God has marked out the boundaries of the time and the place where you live. And Paul goes on, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. The real Messiah is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Many people hide their face from him. But he came to enter our sorrow, our suffering, our grief, to take our burdens and making our burdens his, he calls us to the dignity of sharing in them. So when things are dark and hard, it's hard to imagine on such a beautiful day as this, but things can change in a moment. Do not think, where is God? Because it's precisely there that he can meet you. We can miss the encounter when We're looking for God or for Christ or for his kingdom to be something different than they actually are. We can miss encountering God because of our expectations of what God would do. Encounter happens when we open ourselves up to the God who sent his son into our suffering. When we give up our worldly expectations of victory and receive him as and where he is right here friends right now in the midst of whatever you encounter you pray with me father thank you for your grace and your love to us lord you haven't abandoned us But it's easy for us to abandon you and then wonder where you've gone. Give us grace, Lord. Help us to open our eyes to look for you and that seeking you, as your word says, that we'll find you when we seek with all of our hearts. And give us thankful hearts full of praises for your love for us through Jesus. Amen.